This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 1st, episode 2986. Yes, you heard me right. We made it past July. Uh, This episode is brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse world. Once upon a time, a few days ago, in a world far, far away, or at least on the other side of the world, the mystical steppes of Mongolia, there was held the longest horse race in the world, the Mongol Derby. And for eight days, dozens of competitors rode semi-feral tough ponies of Mongolia over a thousand kilometers and the long race. Who knew it would be such a nail-biter to the bitter end? You see, there were two guys that led the race for almost seven days. Their names were Chris Walker from the United Kingdom, a fox hunter and a polo player, and Patrick Heffron from Ireland, a lifelong rider. Chris and Patrick became inseparable in the lead for days and days they rode. And they changed ponies and rode some more. But... They knew only one horse stationed behind them were three incredibly tough women. Deirdre Griffith of Wyoming, an experienced packing guide. Tiffany Atterbury, a veterinarian, fox hunter, and race breeder from Ocala, Florida. And finally, Wilhelmine Jost, a rider from South Africa. One thing before you hear the story of the dramatic end to this race, you have to understand the horse stations. There were 28 horse stations before the finish line of this year's race. And for all 1,000 kilometers, the riders changed horses every 40 kilometers. And when they come to a horse station, the horse has to vet out and the heart rate has to drop and they have to be healthy, just like any other endurance race. If they don't, the rider has to take a two-hour penalty that they can use any time before the end of the race, and you will learn just how important these penalties are. On the final day, Patrick was facing a dilemma. When to sit out his two-hour vet penalty incurred at Horse Station 20? The latest point which he could use it was Horse Station 27. He decided to use it later. Patrick and Chris rolled out on the final day at 7 a.m. sharp from Horse Station 25. The ladies rode into Horse Station 25 just after they left. Would their horses cool down without penalty? It all depended on this. Willamine sprinted across the horse station to fill up on water while Deirdre was tacking up, sharing responsibilities to get out of there as efficiently as possible. There was no doubt about it. The ladies were riding for the win. All the horses passed and they rode out swiftly to catch the boys. While the ladies ate up the step just ahead of them, the boys had almost reached horse station 27. Would Chris sacrifice his chances of the win and wait for Patrick to take his two-hour penalty or ride on without him to stay ahead of the chasing pack? Well, 
It didn't matter. His decision was taken out of his hands. He rode into Horse Station 27, and under the unbearable pressure of his dogged pursuers, the vets at Station 27 gave him a two-hour vet penalty after the horse's heart rate failed to drop below 56 beats per minute within a half an hour's arrival at the station. It was disaster for the boys. Surely this was the end of their dash for the finish line. How could they possibly make up two hours on the trio that was gaining behind them. Well, just 40 minutes later, the trio of ladies had flown into number 27 and vetted cleanly. They had done it. They had finally, after days of nonstop chasing, taken the lead. Sadly, this was a parting of the ways for the threesome because Tiffany still had a two-hour vet penalty hanging over her from the day before. And so she had to wait behind with Patrick and Chris, watching sadly as her friends she had ridden with for days wasted no time in selecting their horses and scrambling to make the most out of every minute of the penalty time. And the boys watched him ride off. Oh, yeah. They rode out in the knowledge that they had only one more horse station between them and the finish line. And would they keep their cool and make it home unchallenged? Or would some freak tragedy befall them between here and eternal glory? Well, they made good progress to 28, moving at a steady pace, ensuring their horses can handle it. But Patrick and Chris acquired some equines apparently crossed with Ferraris, making astonishing time between 27 and 28. The gap between the dots narrowed, and the leading ladies were still keeping to their steadier pace into 28, knowing a vet penalty now would almost certainly be the fatal error in their attempt to make it to the finish line first. Um, by 28, the ladies still had the lead. The boys were making up ground at a terrifying rate, Ang anxiously glancing back in the direction they'd come, dreading the sight of appearing dots on the horizon. The ladies were wasting no time. After a slightly tense moment for Wilhelmine vet checking out, she was cleared and leaped onto her new steed. Her next mount was dancing in circles, chomping at the bit while Deirdre hat hastened to assist the herders in tacking up her final steed successfully mounted up for the final time in the entire derby for a heart stopping moment. They galloped in the wrong direction, prompting gasps of horror from the watching crew, but swiftly they corrected their error and disappeared into the blazing sun. Now locked onto the correct coordinates. The brakes were off for this last leg, knowing they will have a full 60 minutes for their horses' heart rates to drop down to 56 beats per minute at the finish line check. They hit the gas, let their mounts fly, clocking in at speeds of 27 kilometers per hour with 90 minutes of riding time left to reach the finish line without a late riding penalty. Right behind them, Patrick and Chris both vetted through 28 in 10 minutes, allowing them to wrangle their new mounts and hoof it out of 28 on the final stretch to the last line, just 50 minutes behind the ladies. At 1858 Mongolian time, the news was confirmed. Deirdre Griffith of Wyoming and Wilhelmine Jost from South Africa, or Joost from South Africa, crossed the finish line of the July 2022 Mongol Derby in first place, holding hands, raised triumphantly and beaming from ear to ear. It's an awesome picture. But it wasn't over yet. With the vet check still to clear, the boys appeared on the horizon. With the boys hurtling toward the line, after a final few minutes of waiting, the results were confirmed. 
They had cleared the final vet check and were declared the victors of the July 2022 Mongol Derby, incurring zero vet penalties in the process for the entire race. The two ladies had no vet penalties. And that is the story of the Mongol Derby in 2022 in the ultimate battle of the sexes with the ladies winning the longest horse race in the world. But the men will mount a comeback in a few weeks as the COVID makeup races run. And we do it all again with a new group of hopeful riders. There's, a, there's another one right now? Yeah, they, they're, they, they're, they're doing two because they had to make up for the two years of people who entered and didn't get to go. So in, in a week or two, they're doing a second one. Are there, are there any people that were in this no. one doing the next no. one? <laughs> no, they're recovering. <laughs> Congratulations to the ladies. Well, we talked the last, by the way, we hope you enjoyed our story. All of it was true. Um, when we uh, talked the last time, we really thought the boys were just going to win because they'd been leading the whole way. The whole way. Yeah. I mean, it was when I read that uh, yesterday morning, I was, it was in shock. It was so exciting. So. I kind of felt bad for the veterinarian, uh, Tiffany from Ocala here, who who had had to take that penalty and wasn't able to cross with the lady she had ridden with the whole way. I know. Uh, I know. But you sad. know what? They're not going to. When you said in the story, would he wait it out? No, of course not. Wait that out. <laughs> we, now, I will say this. The two guys, remember when we talked the last time, we, we, are, we didn't argue. We discussed whether they would come in together or one would try and beat the other. And we we didn't have a good answer to that. Well, they came in together to take second or third and fourth place. So basically, I guess the the two in the front were first and these two were second together. So um, they did ride in hand. By the way, they rode in hand in hand, too. It's got to be so much easier to do it when you when, like if you think about a wild pony that really doesn't know how to steer and you want it to go, you know, say you want it to go north. It's going to be a heck of a lot easier to get that wild pony to go north if you have another horse next to it that's yes. also being pointed north. <laughs> yes, exactly. like, it is true. <laughs> it seems like the most successful groups are the ones that do it alone. But I mean, every once in a while, somebody does it by themselves, you know, but like the the. the the two plus typically, if you can ride along with somebody the whole way, then you're usually a little better off. And if you were the guy who like, we're going to go in all together. And then you like kick right at the very end and like come across, you got to live with yourself. Yeah, that's true. You're that guy then. You're that guy. <laughs> well, girl. I would have had an interview with the, with the ladies that won, uh, but he texted me at about, Eric texted me at about 11 o'clock last night and said we could do an interview and I was asleep. So I didn't get that interview, but we will talk to them. There's no question about it. Eric, the Mongol Derby people love us. So they'll make sure we get an interview with them. That'll be a lot of fun. Well, congratulations, ladies. Good job at the end. This was one of the, uh, the, uh, uh, most thrilling ends they've ever had, they said. So, Well, yeah, no, it looked really exciting. Yeah, very cool. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed that and that uh, you enjoyed following along. We'll do it all again in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, uh, but now it's time for some Daily Winnies. And also coming up on today's show, we're going to meet Anthem Day, who's an eventer, and her horse, Lucian the Mustang, who's starting a new career in eventing. So we're going to find out about that. Uh, plus, apparently, y'all have some question first world problems. And we're going to talk about, in the post-show, being a horsey child in the 90s. So that's what we're going to talk about there. And I know a lot of our listeners can relate to that.
have a few auditor birthdays today. Teresa Kruger, Danielle Rigby, and Tammy Fawcett. And we had no new auditors last week. So if you want to be have your name acknowledged next week on the show, become an auditor this week. And if it's only one, then we'll make a big deal about you. So you can <laughs> you can become an auditor by going to horseradionetwork.com, click on the auditor banner, and for as little as $3 a month, you two can join the party and the Facebook group and all the fun things that we do for auditors. Well, I had a doctor's appointment on Friday, Glenn. Oh, that's right. And yeah, yeah and, and I just one of those doctor's appointments felt like I don't know, it's embarrassing because you have to go and they're like, and what is the reason for your appointment today? I'm like, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that? <laughs> yes. And they're like, Okay. And we can't do it. There's no pills for that. (laughs) So I meet with the doctor. It's like, okay, well, let me tell you, tell me what's going on. I'm like, okay. So I'm not sleeping very well because I'm having like events where I'm getting super hot and sweaty. I was like, I'm tired at about four o'clock in the afternoon. And I like, I go over, he's like, are you having any headaches? You know, now that you mention it, yes, I have a headache about every day. And like, he's going over these symptoms. And I was like, so what is it? He goes, <laughs> has you ever seen those commercials for like, uh, and also, by the way, I'm like, Glenn, stop listening. I'm like a month late. Okay. Oh no. Yeah. So, uh, he, he's like, have you ever seen those commercials for like medications? And they like go over a list of the symptoms. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you're one of those commercials oh, for no. perimenopause. <laughs> like, not menopause, but the, the, the menopause that happens before so you're not menopause. Pregnant. Well, I said, I said to him, I go, <laughs> I mean, I'm 44 for God's sake. And I said to him, I, he was like, what we're going to do is we're going to take some blood. We're going to make sure that, you know, this, what it is. He goes, but I can guarantee you this, what it is. It's a, it's a thing. You're, you're the, you're a commercial for what's <laughs> happening to you. And I was like, okay, great. I was like, you're taking blood. Cool. Um, are you going to run a pregnancy test at the same time? Because like, I'm a little uncomfortable. And he was like, yeah, um, I kind of always do that. I just don't usually tell people that I'm doing it because they <laughs> freak out. <laughs> and I was like, dude, he goes, let me tell you something. I'm going to run that test. He goes, because I'm not ending up on the news. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I was like, if that's positive, can you call me immediately? Like, <laughs> we're going to have some things we have to discuss. My husband is fixed. That would be a really oh, challenging thing. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Like this is probably TMI, like the entire world. Um, but sorry, it's the way it is. Yeah, but so, it's things people go through. <laughs> I know, but you know what? I found this podcast. It's a bunch of British women and it's called effing hormones. And it's like, their entire like walk through this. And so I started listening to it yesterday. I was like, yep, I'm with you girls. I'm with you. <laughs> like episode two. I get to the punchline. He didn't call, right? No calls yet. Okay. <laughs> but again, it was Friday. It's Monday morning. Maybe they're just getting to the office. And they're like, Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. I Chad and I were talking about it. I was like, um, so he's like, we're going to, Is this something I do have to worry about? Yeah, this doctor actually (laughs) told me, he was like, I'm not ending up on the news. He goes, however, I do have a friend of mine that has delivered two babies post that surgery. And I was like, 
no, 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 that's not okay. That's not a thing. <laughs> it was like, we're not going to talk about this at all anymore. But yeah, so, so um, apparently I'm just going through some, some typical. So what things. you said when you entered was absolutely right. Yeah. Basically I'm old. <laughs> Getting old sucks. Anyway, so there right. you go. That's well, my Congratulations. You made it this far. I might be, I might be pregnant. Well, well, with your history with training horses too, congratulations, you made it this far. That's exciting. Oh, dear God. (laughs) The World Equestrian Center is proud to sponsor this show today. Um, And it was just announced, get this, this could be the thing that I can get you to come to Ocala for. It was just announced that Ariad International is going to be the presenting partner for the inaugural All for the Horses Expo, an all-equine industry trade show that's going to be held at the World Equestrian Center October 7th through the 9th. So um, they say it's going to feature a carefully curated collection of vendors from across the equine industry. The World Equestrian Center encourages vendors from all aspects of the equine industry to apply to be part of this event. Uh, They're accepting vendor applications now. You can just go to their website and find that. The All for Horses Equine Expo is going to take place during the championship show, which runs from September 29th through October 16th. And that's a quarter horse show that brings thousands of horses here. It's a one point two million dollars in prize money in Western Pleasure, Hunter, Raining, Ranch, Trail, Youth Classes, and more. Plus, they have other shows going on all at the same time. They always have jumping shows going on. So there's a lot of variety. If you th- if you keep your eye out for updates on this, this is all I know about this at this point, but I think we're going to see a lot of people descending from September 29th to October 16th, and especially from October 7th to the 9th for the all, what they're calling All Equine Expo. They have certainly have the space for it, let me tell you. It's a big place. <clears throat> now, um, I got to talk about one of the sport's greatest all-around legends, Annalie Drummond Hay, died at the age of 84. Now, a lot of you are going, well, who was she? Well, she was a winner of badminton, of Burley. She also won the Hickstead Derby, and she was a European champion in show jumping. She was shortlisted. Now, when she first started competing, Women weren't allowed in the Olympics in, in the horse sports. That really? changed. Yeah, that changed in the 60s. And in the 60s, she was shortlisted for the Olympics in all three disciplines. Oh, dear God. She's like the <laughs> Michael Young of yes. like the 60s. <laughs> yes, she was. She was She was truly a, a, a champion and well-known in that day, she, uh, British, obviously. And she was still show jumping competitively three years ago. She just stopped riding what, recently. At 81? Yes. She just stopped riding recently. And uh, I also wanted to mention that we have a show called Equestrian Legends um, that we don't put out episodes all that frequently, but we try and get the real legends of the equestrian world. And we did an interview with her back in 2011. So if you go to equestrianlegends.com and go to episode number eight, uh, that will be her episode, and you can find it there. Or you can find it on one of your podcast players. Equestrian Legends is on there as well. So, um, you know, rest in peace and uh, our best to her family, and she was quite a legend. 
Also, uh, we took out the Living Quarters horse trailer over the weekend for a test run. We hadn't done that yet. We went camping over the weekend. How'd it go? It went pretty well. Now, it's smaller than our camper was, so you have to do some dancing. You have to get used to it. Um, but we were mainly testing out what we were going to do in the back, what we're calling the toy hauler, toy, toy hauler portion, um, you know, because we're using that while we travel as a camper. So we're figuring out how we're going to put everything, where we're going to put the office, and also whether it would stay cool enough with just one air conditioner to cool the back so that we could actually work back there as a studio in an office. And it worked great. So I think we got it all figured out. Uh, We ordered another shelf that we needed, but I think the back's going to work out terrific. It's all insulated back there. It's all finished. It's not open. So the sound isn't even that bad. Uh, So we could definitely record shows from the back and uh, it worked out great. Nice. So we leave, believe it or not, next Thursday. Next Thursday. And ahead. and we're doing shows the whole time you're on the road. Right. Yep. Correct. So you leave the 11th and then you're here on the 14th. And I was telling Chad, I was like, yeah, uh, we're trying to like figure out his schedule and he's going to captain training and he's doing all this stuff. And he was like, when is it? I was like, well, Glenn's coming on the 14th. He was like, oh, really? Uh, how long is he staying? And I was like, until uh, the 17th, he was like, what? <laughs> We're not he's staying, staying in your that house, long. <laughs> I was like, he's not in the house. He's got his own thing. It's fine. Yeah, it's just fine. A place with electric and water. We're happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny. I, he was like, what are you going to do with him? I was like, we're going gambling at casinos. Oh, we are doing that once. We, there's no question. What do you say to that? Yeah, he, he was like, really? Okay, well, whatever. You guys are so weird. It's like, you're so weird. Do you have a racetrack? You don't have any racetracks running right now. It's too hot, right? I do, and I think they open, but I think they're just opening on the weekends. I'll have to check. All right, good. Well, yeah, so we're doing that. And I love that listeners now are giving us suggestions of what to do in Oklahoma City. Yeah, for- let me know, because I need stuff to do, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently, there's a Cowboy Hall of Fame or something there. That Cowboy oh, ABC. yeah, we have to do that. It's really cool. Is it cool? All right. Good. I've I'll, done that I'll one. I'll be up for that. So that'll be fun. Yeah, everything worked out great. But Toy Hauler Living Quarters, we don't have one of the great big ones, you know, that people, like the rich people have, so, because we only have a three-quarter ton truck. So we had to get one that would fit the truck. So it's about, I think it's a 10 or 12 foot. Um, but, oh, Jennifer says it's seven. <laughs> That's why it seems smaller. Um, <laughs> but it worked out great. So then uh, the air conditioner is freaking cold. It, it really works. That's good because you're going to be here in August. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I would like to let you know that the Remington Park, the local track, opens up um, two days after you leave. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they were open in the dead heat of July. I don't know. That would seem odd, but yeah, well, it'll be fun. Well, we're finding live. We're going to stay with Tammy, the mounted shooter down there, and then we're a week in Dallas because of two different shows I have to go to. So, so that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, we're looking forward to our trip, uh, and that's coming up very quickly. But now we have to go to our guest. Her name is Anthem Day, which has to be one of the coolest names ever. And we're going to talk about her horse, Lucian the Mustang, and uh, find out why she decided to do eventing with Lucian. Well, hi, Anthem. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. First of all, what state do you live in? I am in Georgia. Okay, good. Jamie was from Georgia. What part of Georgia? Uh, well, I am based in Cartersville currently. Uh, do you know Cartersville? That? Yes, it's up seventy-five. Oh, okay, north, there we go. Northwest of Atlanta. <laughs> I was a traffic reporter in Atlanta for like 
15 years. So <laughs> I, know, I know where all these little towns are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, all right. So you're an inventor, right? Yes. Yes, that is correct. All right. What made you want to get a Mustang and where'd you get your Mustang? Um, well, it's, uh, <laughs> It wasn't something I actively made a decision on. Um, when I work, uh, my business is based at North Atlanta Equestrian in Cartersville. And at the time, the property was um, leased by Rebecca Bowman, um, who anybody who has a Mustang knows who she is. And, she, you know, she's like the mother of Mustangs. And she had a BLM storefront um, at North Atlanta. And, um, I, I had already done, I had already had one that she had talked me into because I never had any intention of doing the Mustang thing, <laughs> but you know, Rebecca is not really somebody you say no to. So, <laughs> so I got the first Mustang having absolutely no idea what I was doing, but was able to tip train him and competed and the equine affair challenge, oh, yeah. tip challenge, yep. um, even though it was done virtually that year because that was around the time of COVID. So that was my first experience. And, um, he was, he was very challenging. He was a tough nut to crack, you know, he, he was very reactive, uh, very fearful. And, you know, I was of course clueless. So that didn't really make a great combination. Um, but then Rebecca got in another load of Mustangs in 2020 and these 67 Mustangs got off the trailer and I just took one look at my guy and I, there was just something there that really kind of escapes words. There was Love at first of, sight, huh? Know, yeah, it was like a soul to soul recognition. There was just something about him that I connected with immediately. Um, so that was how it started. <laughs> you, Jamie, you would fail miserably at a place that had 67 Mustangs oh, show God. up at a regular basis. You'd have a hundred of them. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so I know you did, we're going to get into talking about the clinic that you did with Elisa, but Elisa actually mm -hmm. helped me pick out my Mustang that I ended up with. Uh, I had my first one, uh, that was awesome, but then he wasn't an inventor type. He just was different. I just thought he was cool. But the second one, mm -hmm. she was like, you need this one. Cause it, I got mine from a prison. And uh, so she looked at the photos and, and picked it out. And, and I took him all the way up through novice level of venting. So nice. venting a Mustang is there's something just really special about it because I think for some reason it makes you feel like you're getting back to their roots almost where like you're galloping through the, like if this, particular place i was like galloping him through the woods and like up and down hills and things like that and it's just something really like that really gets to the to the meat of what a mustang was supposed to do now i noticed you call him lucian the mustang is that his competition name no i just call him lucian but he's i just i'm trying to just create a little more awareness of his breed just by addressing him that way 
Well, it's interesting because I actually registered my Mustang, his name is Zeus, with the USEA, United States Eventing Association, and his registered name with them is Zeus the Mustang for the exact same reason <laughs> that you did that, which is to bring awareness. And I would be competing in the, you know, the loudspeaker, uh, no, number 24, Jamie Jennings riding Zeus the Mustang. And people would like flock over to see, I, I would assume it's probably like people wanting to see a train wreck you know like they want to see it but actually it was awesome for i think giving people uh, an idea that yes a mustang can do this and be successful at it and i think that's kind of a little bit about what what you're doing by letting people know that if indeed we are happy to to let people know about the breed and what they can do and what they what they're capable of yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, most of the time we're competing against thoroughbreds and warmbloods, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he, my Mustang, like most of them, he's not he's not overly large, you know. He's fourteen three, um, and I'm five nine and a half. So, but it works, you know, because he's big bodied, but he's not because you know the taller they are, sometimes they get overly stocky and just kind of heavily built. Um, so he's still, he's really just the perfect size and, oh, and it he, works out well. He is cute as the Dickens. I oh, mean, so he cute. is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> he probably gets some attention because of his size and how stinking cute he is. Yeah. And he loves it. I mean, everywhere we go, he just, you know, people, especially the little girls, they ooh and ah with his two blue eyes and, uh, he just eats it up. So. so you said you had some challenges, obviously, with the first one. Was this one easier? Yeah. Yes. Um, well, the thing was, you know, like I said, I was clueless with the first one. Um, I'd never worked. Well, I say I'd never worked with a wild animal. I had a Chincoteague pony when I was a kid, but I, that's not the same experience <laughs> at all because it was it was a baby. Um, and so I was a little intimidated by the project. Really, um, I didn't understand how to connect with a wild animal, you know, and a wild horse is very different from any kind of domesticated horse that I've ever encountered. Um, so, yeah, I went into this relationship with Lucian with a lot more confidence because I had a better understanding of what I wanted the end result to be. Um, but, I mean, his his nature, his personality is just much calmer and more intelligent and more accepting than the first Mustang I had. So that definitely gave us an advantage. What seat now it is eventing. So we got the three phases and, uh, I, please don't tell me dressage is his best phase. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what we've discovered recently is that the dressage is definitely, I'm the stronger partner there. Um, <laughs> but in the jumping, he's the stronger partner. So, um, yeah, I mean, I did the DNA test on him, which really gave us some interesting results, but he does do well in the dressage. I just, my biggest challenge there is not letting him get too bored. He doesn't like to be in the sandbox over and over again. So I have to get really creative, but he does do quite well in the dressage. What was his DNA results? Or what was um, yeah. So the top marker was standard bread. And really? the second marker, huh. yeah, the second marker was Hanoverian, and then the third marker was Turkoman. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They get going way back, but it's interesting. <laughs> the standard bread. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. So you went to an Elisa Wallace clinic. How was that? Is she mean? Is she um, tough? She's ferocious. She's a, she's a beast. Well, I wouldn't say that. I, like I, I mentioned Rebecca Bowman earlier. Rebecca and Elisa are very good friends. So I have known Elisa for a few years. And um, I this will be my second year going down to Ocala in the fall to train with her. But I host the, the jump clinic with her at our facility in Cartersville at North Atlanta. Um, and she, I do it because she's amazing to work with. You know, she's got a great sense of humor. And she's very adept at recognizing what each rider's skill set and abilities are. Um, so, yeah, she's pretty ruthless with me, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a pretty familiar relationship. And honestly, I kind of like that. So it works well. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we were just kidding, Elisa, if you're listening back to this. <laughs> we do want you to come back on the show again. We were just kidding. No, we were learning. I mean, she's like ferocious she's a and beast. sarcastic. And <laughs> She is the only guest that has ever come on this show and really called Jamie out. I mean, I mean brutally called Jamie me a out. Hard time, like you wouldn't believe. I love having her on because of that. <laughs> so, we're, so what are your yeah. future plans with with Illusion? So currently, um, let's see. I started I started competing here when he was about four months under saddle. Um, we did our first amoeba three phase and we only tinkered with that for a couple of months because he just, he was winning everything. So then we moved out to starter. Um, and again, first and second place at pretty much every show, except for when we were dead last, you know, which was a couple of times. Um, but, uh, he, he finished the year last year. Um, his first year under saddle was reserve champion at the Southeastern school and show champion. So the starter three phase. And I was planning to moving him up, moving him up to be in novice in the spring, but we hit some, some issues, you know, a little bit of, um, stuff we had to work out, not the quite, quite the right saddle for us. And he went through a little bit of a rebellious phase, but we worked that out. Um, and the clinic, I did the GDCTA eventing clinic, um, Waylon Roberts and Hannah Subernett and um, Sarah Kazumplik were the trainers at the clinic a um, couple months ago. And then I had Elisa Wallace two weeks after that. So all of a sudden we've turned a corner and Lucian and I are going to go do our first beginner novice CT next weekend at Chat Hill. And yeah, we're just kind of taking it slow um, for the next few months, maybe over the winter, trying to get plenty of schooling in and, um, whenever he tells me he's ready, you know, we'll start doing some three phases and hopefully start looking at some recognized events early next just, year. Just watching your videos from the progress of, of when, you know, you're jumping this line and then you can see in the uh, Elisa lesson, you're jumping kind of the same line, but that little tiny hesitant, hesitant step is left out. Like all of a sudden it was like, he's like, I got this. I figured it yeah. out. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that's how it's been. I mean, we just, we went through a phase for a few months where his confidence was just not quite there. And, you know, it takes what it takes, you know, he's very smart and we have a very, um, I just, I, I, it's almost like I know what he's thinking, you know, and I can feel 
when th- when we just kind of turn that corner and all of a sudden he's like, oh, he's all, I got this, you know, yeah. that's definitely where we are now. It's a really good feeling. You've developed a partnership with a wild man. <laughs> Most certainly. It can be done. It can be done. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. We're so excited to follow along with you guys. And um, I'm just so happy to have another eventing Mustang sister out there in the world doing doing the thing. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, I really... I th- I think that they are really underrepresented in, in dressage and eventing, you know, and I know I've mentioned Rebecca a couple of times, but her storefront um, in Tennessee, you know, she, she gets tons of Mustangs in there, really nice horses. And, um, you know, that anybody can, can see what she's got in her website is fall Creek falls equestrian.com. And she just, she gets a ton of nice horses and I would love to see more Mustangs out there doing what we do. Where can people follow you and, and Lucian? Uh, well, we can be found on Facebook. Um, my business page is Anthem Day Eventing LLC. Um, we're on TikTok at Anthem Day One and on Instagram at i.anthem. <laughs> Sorry, I always get this confused. i.am.anthem. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. Good luck with Lucian. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here. Well, attention horse owners, are you looking to help your horse recover with ease after a strenuous workout? Would you like to nourish your horse and their digestive system? If so, try the new Purina Replenimash product. It is much more than a mash. Replenimash promotes hydration, replenishes electrolytes, and supports gastric comfort. Put Purina's research to the test. Stop into your local Purina retailer and grab a bag of Purina Replenimash product. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Usually is, and uh, it was a sleepless night for me, and with, you know, the fun hot flashes and things kept me up, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, I realized (laughs) I haven't posted. I saw that. I saw the time you posted. I wonder she's not sleeping last night. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pre-melatonin. I posted it, and uh, I thought, nobody's going to have any problems. This is too short a notice, and I was wrong, as usual, because our listeners, they have equestrian first world problems, and um we're going to share them with you now, but if you want to become involved in this segment, how did they become an auditor, Glenn? You just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page. Now, I want to ask you, does this say something about us that our listeners are this messed up? Or does this say, <laughs> that's what, is this about us, do you think? I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to attract that type of listener. Is that, is that, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to take it as that because <laughs> we have such a wide variety of problems. We, like we're going to oh, start okay. with Matt here because Matt, I, I feel your pain because I, I'm still going through this right now. Um, Matt says my farrier just told me this week that she's pregnant, which means I have to have a temporary new person for a few months. And I hate new people. <laughs> That's a disadvantage to a female farrier, isn't it? It is. And mine is still on maternity leave. And I'm oh, really? Like, yeah. I mean, I have a great oh, secondary her. that she set me up with, but like, okay, enough time to, I'll hold your baby if you could just do Seems some like it's shoe. taken longer than nine months. <laughs> I'm, it, it, she literally, like, 
was trimming my horses until she was eight and a half months pregnant. I mean, oh she, she didn't quit, but then like she's taking her sweet time coming back to it. And excuse me. <laughs> Darn baby. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Carrie said, this is so sad, Carrie. I'm, I had to cancel my, my own personal massage because I was going to go look at a horse to buy. <laughs> Um, Serenity says my black Frisian cross mare looks so pretty in all the colors, and I just don't know how to choose. <laughs> a really pretty horse. Um, Flossie says I got everything done and had loads of free time to ride my horse over the weekend. Yay! But I couldn't because I stepped on a bee and I was barefoot, and then I had an allergic reaction. And I was in so much pain I couldn't even walk out to the barn. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't envy the people that are allergic to bees because we all get stung by bees. Yeah, but just you don't even have to be allergic to bees to get stung by a bee and have her foot That's swell. That's true. Up. That's true. Oh. Yeah. Um, Colt sent a video. Uh, he did not list his problem. He just sent a video, and again, I feel this one because <laughs> my dog does the same thing, which is a photo of a clean water trough with the dog in it. <laughs> I remember Chad was like, we got to get her to figure out, get her out of there. I'm like, this is a function of her figuring out how to survive. I think it's a good thing that she jumps in the water drop. It just means I have to clean it more often. Um, TJ said, I had to admit to myself that even though children are growing on me, they're not growing on my horse. And he tried to bite one off of me. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? I need a video. I need a video, DJ. I don't understand. I mean, not if you're a child getting bit or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand that one. Um, Megan says, my, I feel you, Megan. My horse did so great at a dressage show this weekend. Like, awesome. Except for I wasn't riding him. But by himself? <laughs> uh, I think the trainer was on it. Uh, Colleen says, I'm going to a horse show. Oh, this is so funny. This might be the winner. I'm going to come back to that one. Laurie says, I bought the cutest horse wine stopper. But it it's a picture of this like rearing kind of horse. Like, you know, you, you pull the, the cork out of the wine. You got to put them back in there if you're not like me and fin just finish the bottle. Um, but if you don't finish the bottle, you have to put the stopper in there. And she bought the cutest little horse wine stopper. But here's the problem. She says, I bought the cutest horse wine stopper, but it makes the wine bottle too tall to fit in my fridge. It happens all the time. I have that problem all the time. Do you know what, do you know what Blanton's is? No. If you Google, it's a, it's a, it's a bourbon called Blanton's and it's got a horse stopper on the top and it's so cute that like i can't throw those away so now i've hooked my keychain i have a blends white bourbon stopper top on every set of keys there is i just hook it through the leg because <laughs> i can't throw them away because they're so cute <laughs> lisa said i had a and we lesson know how Saturday. much jamie drinks all right no it is not me i don't drink that <laughs> That's the husband. I had a lesson on Saturday and I rode amazing. And my horse was amazing. This is Lisa. Um, but now my trainer has like really high expectations that we're going to be like that good all the time. And we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear her saying that. Uh, Adrian says we don't have many bugs in our barns and some ducks moved in. Again, benefits of having ducks. 
but they leave feathers all over my clean <laughs> barn aisle. Oh my god, I'd rather the see feathers. feathers. I think, yeah, yeah. Um, Kayla, this is sad but true. Kayla says I officially pay more for my board than I do my rent. <laughs> <laughs> We're close. Uh, Kristen says, I got a surprise royalties check from my agent, and that was a pretty good amount. But instead of buying myself a present, I have to buy my horse Zara an expensive new bridle because her crappy cheap one broke. How do we get surprise checks from our agent? We never I get want, those. I don't, what does I she do? Is she a writer or something? She's a writer. Mm. Um, Ursina says, I bought a new horse, but I don't, don't get to see him until next Sunday. So I can't get him anything because I'm not sure what he's going to look great in. <laughs> How, have you never seen this horse that you just bought? Or you just need to hold up the saddle pad to the horse to make sure it's going to work? I don't understand. Claire says, I finally printed a feed chart on my horses for all of my horses last week. A beautiful printed up feed chart. And now one of them has the audacity to require a diet change. <laughs> That's why the eraser board was invented. <laughs> I have seriously, I have a dry erase board yeah, that when I, I, I know what my horses get and I kind of adjust things all the time, but whenever I leave town, I have to have somebody else feed. So I just write it on the dry erase board, what they get that day. Yeah, <laughs> Here's right. what you're going to feed for this week. Yeah, I know it's totally different no, than what you time. did last time no yeah. uh i think jennifer's says, would change every day <laughs> summer yeah it does i mean if you you know what they said the best way to know how to feed your horse is by looking at your horse and i walk up and i'm like mm, you're not getting as much today <laughs> sorry <laughs> or oh you need a little extra here you go uh summer says the pretty halter that i chose for my new horse has been on eternal back order eternal back order and now the horse is leaving and the halter's still back ordered, but it would have been so pretty on her. <laughs> that's a long back order if you've like had the horse and then sold the horse. Yeah, that's a long back order. Um, let's see, where was my my remember the final um winner? I, I've decided to award a best of the equestrian first world problems. And this week was Colleen and remember Colleen, you need to check your mailbox because Glenn is going to be mailing you a check for $1 million. Yeah. Look That's for right. that. <laughs> You're getting better. You're not as uncomfortable with me saying that it was <laughs> yeah, really. Uncomfortable for you. I, I did not win the lottery. Did you? Uh, did you consult with a, an attorney on me saying this doesn't actually hold you to it? <laughs> uh, you, is that why you I relaxed? think me saying, yeah, yeah, that ain't happening. It's probably overrides <laughs> yeah. you. On that one. I did get two numbers on the lottery, by the way. I didn't but, get any. Zero numbers. I didn't get the two that end up making you win four dollars so did any so. of our listeners win let us know well they, they're not listening anymore if they won um, <laughs> <laughs> they own the company they just bought it somebody up there chicago won colleen says i'm last one i'm going to a horse show to get my horse horse show exposure before i take him to a bigger horse show which i'm taking him to to get him exposure to go to the bigger <laughs> horse show <laughs> She's like, no, I need a nap. <laughs> I'm going to horse show to get my horse exposure. I take a bigger horse show, but ultimately it's just to get him to 
exposure to go to the bigger horse show. Oh my God. <laughs> the things we do as horse owners. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your equestrian first world problems. I do believe we have some post show that should be pretty entertaining and fun. But uh, again, if you want to participate in the equestrian first world problems, become an auditor. Go to horseradionetwork.com. And again, thank you, everybody. And I'm so sorry for all your problems. Yeah, a lot of problems out there. Hey, uh, uh- programming notes uh we have side saddle show tomorrow thursday we have the sidelines episode and of course jamie and i'll be here wednesday and friday as well uh and i will put a link uh if you want to go back and listen to the equestrian uh, legends episode i talked about earlier in the show i'll put a link in the show notes to that um and i have a first world problem this is Uh not involving horses so we have these in our new house here we have these beautiful palm trees i mean they're just beautiful they're like yeah. quintessential Florida palm trees. We have two in the front. We have one in the back. What we didn't realize is that some palm trees get fruit on them. Oh. And, and apparently we read this kind of fruit you can actually eat. I didn't know that. They're like these little, I don't know, golf ball size balls that are orange or red. But the problem with them is when they fall off, they fall off in very large bunches of these little golf ball-sized balls. And I mean large quantities of them, like 150 of them fall off at once into your yard. I'm looking at it online. Yes, okay. Apparently, you can make wine out of them and everything. I don't know. Uh, But uh, what we did learn is if you leave them in your yard, because I didn't feel like cleaning them up, they start to smell like rancid wine after a while. So basically, (laughs) our front yard and our backyard all smell like rancid wine. So if anybody has actually done anything with these, please let me know what you did. I don't want to die. Do you have to trim these? Because we had to trim our palm trees in Arizona. You have to trim the bottom ones? Like... You know, so yeah. that they don't keep growing lower. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to have somebody out to do that because I don't really know what I'm doing. So, yeah, you're not going to shimmy up a palm tree no, and, with not, a chainsaw. They're not that tall, <laughs> but uh, boy, they produce a lot of fruit. Every time we think that this fruit is finally, you know, rotten enough that it's not stinking anymore, it drops a whole new batch. So, so you're supposed to clean up. I'm going to have to from now in on. Your yard. And I think actually <laughs> the flex and the fork will work. <laughs> the flex there and you fork go. Will another work. another use for the flex and fork. <laughs> but if anybody knows about what to do with these as far as cooking them or eating them, let me know because we certainly have a lot of them. Uh, that's it. I just needed to whine about that. that's my first world problem. My beautiful palm trees. I want to take a picture fruit. of. Them. I want to see because apparently you can have like palm trees with coconuts, but also like palm tree dates and palm tree peaches and palm tree aside like there could be everything jeez i didn't know that and by the way our three pineapples in our eclectic backyard are still growing i think we're gonna have pineapples by the end of the season awesome i had a palm pineapple and it died <laughs> i bought it and it's it looking good so far we'll see how i don't know exactly when you're supposed to pick them i have to read about that because i really don't, I don't know i gotta tell you since we're on the green thumb thing yeah. um last halloween you know, we had the pumpkins and they sat on the porch and eventually they started to turn into your palm tree fruit. So I ended yeah, up putting exactly. them in the ranger and driving them out to the manure pile, dumping oh, them out there in the manure pile. Fine. Love that. Great. Yeah. Well, they didn't. And so oh. then I decided to do like an herb garden and uh, like I built this little Chad built this little like box outside of our back door. And it's an herb garden box. And then so I needed manure to fill up the box. So I went out and scooped up a bunch of manure from that. And I came and I planted gently 
planted a row of basil, a row of dill, a row of cilantro, and like all the things like perfectly planted. And do you know what is in my thing? A giant pumpkin plant. <laughs> it's ruined everything. <laughs> there's no herbs. There's just a pumpkin. It's like 47 feet long vines. It's like growing all over my house. So we will have pumpkins. I didn't mean to. Apparently when I dumped the pumpkins back there, the seed went in the poop. It didn't sprout. It just was sitting in the poop waiting yet? for me. No, Yes. Oh, it's well. insane. I'll say I'll take a picture of it because it was supposed I think the only thing that's grown now that it hasn't taken over, which I keep having to take its tendrils off of, is my basil. It's the only thing basil you can't else. kill basil. Basil will grow forever. <laughs> so I have basil and a ginormous like feed me Seymour <laughs> nine thousand foot long vine, which has is a pumpkin seed that just grew because it was in the horse poo, and I happened to pick it up and bring it in. <laughs> I can't wait to see the pumpkin. I'm amazing. You I'm amazing. I'm record. so talented. <laughs> <laughs> in a tiny little herb garden box. <laughs> I tried herbs too. They all died in the heat here. I couldn't keep them alive outside. It was just too just hot. basil. It's the only thing that basil, works. <laughs> yeah, we had that basil, and I had parsley for a while, but then that finally kicked the bucket. No, too. everything else died. Yeah. It killed everything else. Yeah, <laughs> messed up my rose. Everything. I've tried growing them in the house too. Never had much luck with that oh. either. They all died. Yeah, you and I were not so good at that stuff. I do have three pepper plants that have produced a ton of peppers, so I have gotten is, peppers. The, and this is now exciting talk. We're going to start a show. In the morning, this gardening. is the gardening version of horses in the morning. <laughs> Terrible gardeners have a podcast. <laughs> It'd probably be very popular. People can relate. I'm really, really talented at growing pumpkins. Hey. The worst gardener podcast. <laughs> Effing hormones yeah. and gardening. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. Were you uh were you a horsey child in the 90s? You were late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, I, I got my first horse in second grade, and that was in the 80s. 80s. And by the way, my first horse was like 35. Okay, so you'll relate to this. So I found this on uh, Horse and Hound, had 11 signs you were a horsey child in the 90s. Now, we had our tack shop in the 90s, so I, I, kind of, uh, I kind of related to some of these, too. All right, let's see how many of these you relate to, and I know a lot of our listeners fall into this category. Hold on. Let me make sure for those. Hey, hey, Lucas, make sure you have clothes on. Your cousin's coming over. <laughs> yeah. Is he still running oh. around the house naked? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Na- naked all the time. I'm like, that's enough balls. Put some pants on. I can't take it. <laughs> He's getting a little old for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's go through these 11 things. Uh, signs you were a horsey child in the 90s. First of all, was Mary King's Riding Star. Do you remember that game? No, no. I'm, again, I'm a, probably, I'm a late 80s horse child, but I do know that's a, it was like a We've, video game, right? When we had our store, it just came out. And we sold hundreds of these. It was really? so popular. Yes, we sold a ton of those riding, riding star games. Uh, the Saddle Club books dominated your bookshelf. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know I had all those. Yeah, yeah, I, knew you, I knew about <laughs> I that. I was Stevie, okay? <laughs> Not Carol. She was too good. And was there, there was a lot of those, too, Lisa. weren't there? Yeah, like 9,000 of mine. I read them all. <laughs> yeah, that's what it says here. We take up your whole whole library. Um, oh, dandy brush polo necks. I don't know what those are. What? 
dandy. Turning up to a party in a polo neck with a grooming kit print. I don't know what that means. That's a British thing, I think. Uh, Taping badminton was an important fixture in April and May. Oh, remember when you used to tape things onto your your video recorder? Well, this obviously is a... um a British list, yes. but to me, like I lived in Georgia, we went to Rolex every year. I mean, our my boarding barn did. Like everybody went. And back then, I don't know that you could find it on cable here. We didn't have. No, they weren't showing that on cable here. They didn't even have cameras inside the park. <laughs> <laughs> How about jodhpurs and jodhpur clips? Yeah, I, I was, I was, I didn't get to ride early enough to have those. Did they even have jodhpur clips anymore? I remember we yeah. used to sell them, but um, I don't know. That seems like a thing that's kind of going by the wayside. Uh, a how about um, well, a lot of these are pony club related, so you won't relate to a lot of these. I still, I did, I, I, I still rode little. Come on, give them to me. Okay, so don't be snotty just because I didn't have pony club experience. <laughs> Dismounted rallies were Fine. a competitive event. So apparently, this says uh, foot and mouth disease hit in 2001. So you went to many dismounted pony club rallies. I guess because you couldn't bring your horse over there. Do you remember that foot and mouth disease? How bad it was over there? No, but when you talk about unmounted pony games, I did with my friend Jesse. We would set up couch cushions all around the house and go jump them like we were actually the horse. So that was pretty much an unmounted game. There you go. There you go. Uh, it says here, uh, Mary King's 2000 Badminton Victory. Of course, that was a big thing over there. Um, five's 1999 release of If You... If you getting down was a sure way to get everyone on the dance floor at Pony Club Camp Disco. Nope, don't know that one. Again, this is this is fairly very British. British. Yes. Um, was this on Horse and Hound? This yes. List? Yes. Okay. Bullocks was an acceptable swear word. Bullocks. Bullocks. What does that mean? BS. BS. Okay. Bullocks. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. <laughs> And you were told that you were, or you believed that you were not a moody mare, when in fact, your parents knew you were. My parents didn't even know what a moody mare was. <laughs> this is assuming that the parents knew more than, uh... yeah, so this was hard to relate to and, uh, with a lot of these because of the whole British thing. Yeah, the lame list, Glenn. It's this terrible. was a lame list. Okay, I'll give you that. But you know what? I'm limited on my list now because so many websites are blocked and you have to pay really? to get content now. Oh, yeah, they are doing that. Even now Horse and list. Hound. I can't get to a lot of the things because it's blocked. You go, huh. and I'm, I refuse to pay to 85 different websites to be able to see their content. I'm already paying to 85 different apps on my smart TV oh, so I can watch yes. their stupid shows. Yes. We've started rotating now. So I dropped Hulu and I've gone to HBO Max so I could watch all the HBO Max shows. Okay. Uh, and then so we're binging on those and then I'll drop that and we'll go to the next one. So I don't have them all at the same time. Okay, so what do you have now? Because I have Hulu and HBO, but those are because Abby forgot to change her password since she moved out. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I still have them as hers. Uh, so I have those two. Um, but we we have Peacock, we have Netflix, yep, yep. and Amazon um, Prime, of course. Amazon Prime, yeah, yep. Amazon Video or whatever it's called, and then um, one more uh, Paramount. Yes, Paramount. That's correct. Yep, yep. We're having fun watching the flight attendant on HBO Max. Okay, that's the one with Kaylee Cuco. Uh, she is really, really good in this. Uh, it's really good. I, I wonder, it'd be interesting to see what Chad thinks of this. Now, it's more of a murder mystery kind of thing than it is. I mean, yes, she is a flight attendant. And it is about flight attendants. But uh, it's more of a murder mystery kind of thing. I wonder what Chad would think of it. You have to make him sit down and watch the first episode anyway. I will. I will. Because a lot. Don't. No, this is not sun safe. No. No, this one's not sun safe because I think in the first episode there's a there's a sex scene. I wouldn't even watch it with my parents. Oh, Jennifer says she wouldn't even watch it with her parents. <laughs> it is suspenseful though, and she I got to tell you, Kaylee is a good actress in this. She really she has to do all the emotions, and she does them pretty well. It's a pretty good show. We've been into it. We're in the second season now. All right, that's it for today. Thank you everybody for joining us. We are looking forward to seeing your new place. Um, we are really looking forward to you spending all the days here. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I meant that totally it's not serious. As many as you make it out to think it. Glenn's going to be here for three months. Three months. That's it. We're going to live in Oklahoma. <laughs> no, you're getting into tornado season. I'm not hanging around your house. Not spring. You got at least a couple months. <laughs> Congratulations, you made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.